Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of current and classic horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews and discussions may include spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. Every once in a while, I just wake up in bed. He's there. He talks to me. When you summon Sater, he will turn his attention to you. Submit yourself. For he is a consuming fire. Sometimes it isn't a series of memorable moments that makes a film enjoyable. Rather, it's how a film's journey as a whole makes you feel. This is one of my favorite elements of especially low-budget horror films that defy traditional genre expectations. It isn't all jump scares and gallons of gore. Rather, focusing on atmospheric dread and exploring the concept of fear itself. This approach is often labeled as abstract or arthouse and has been known to cause rifts between horror fans, given just how radically different these films can feel to the norm. But in defying expectations, films such as writer and director Jordan Graham Sater crafts its own skin-crawling style of soul-binding folk horror. Coming to video on-demand services on February 9th, Sater is a devilish cocktail of family, trauma, and spirits. Following Adam, played by Gabe Nicholson, a loner who lives in isolation in the depths of the woods. While Adam's days are spent walking the woods and checking his deer cam, he periodically visits his grandmother Nani, played by June Peterson. Nani has always been different. For as long as Adam has known her, Nani is described being visited by a presence known as Seder. Seder would take control of Nani's body and make her write its thoughts on paper or whisper to her as she sat in bed. But what the viewer perceives as the mad ramblings of a senile woman begins to manifest itself in terrifying ways that threaten Adam and his family's safety. Before delving into the reasons why Seder is a strong example of atmospheric horror with a brutal gut punch of a payoff, I should make clear that this will not be for everyone. We're talking slow burn horror, y'all, and while slow burn is very much my jam, I get that it's not for everyone. I will say, for those who are usually wary of slow burn films, know that Sater's ending delivers in a big way. The time spent building Adam's world and the horrors within it build to a conclusion that checks all the boxes for me. So, if slow burn horror such as It Comes at Night or The Lodge didn't have a big enough payoff for you, Sater has a much more significant horror bite to it. Now that we've cleared that up, Sater's world is one of bleak woodland beauty as we walk in Adam's silent shoes. 
And now for a brief intermission. If you've been enjoying this episode of Daily Horror Habit, please take a moment to subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform or leave us a review on iTunes. And thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the remainder of today's horrifying episode. For reasons unknown, Adam doesn't speak. Not to Nani or his brother Pete. Characters allude to an accident that occurred, but there's a healthy amount of ambiguity and a lack of details. This can make the film's world and characters seem hollow, but I found it suits the film's emphasis on unresolved trauma and grief. This is where Jordan Graham's specific style of filmmaking plays a vital role in establishing the atmospheric nature of the film. These mostly blank canvases allow us to be enthralled into their world, largely controlled by a traumatic past that dictates their relationships and demeanors. This mysterious uncertainty unfolds within the lush wilderness that Adam has secluded himself within. We're given frequent portions of the film of Adam and nature, Graham, who is also the film's cinematographer, perfectly capturing overrun wildlife and foliage in precise detail. You don't need to know the reasons behind Adam's seclusion, you just know that it feels like there's a good reason for it. Graham's ability to create a sense of looming dread permeates throughout the entire film, making you uncomfortable as we explore the silent woods. We expect to see something or someone off in the distance, long before it, or they, actually shows up. There's also the film's presentation, which changes periodically. Seder begins in a reduced aspect ratio and in black and white, as we're given a tour of an eerie home with the lights off and filled with hundreds of lit candles. The camera eerily glides through the home. We see no one and hear nothing but faint whispering. And then we turn a corner and see Nani sitting upright in bed as a reverberating whisper grows louder and louder. Periodically throughout the film, Graham also employs this reduced aspect ratio in black and white footage when showing certain characters as well as Adams recalling prior events in his life. It's less about the jarring shift from color widescreen to this new presentation, but more about specifically what the transition represents. While scares don't play out in these flashback instances, their dialogue and allusions to Adams' family's past fuel the anticipation for the horror that it's building to. The film unsettles in its complimenting of our uncertainty and our yearning to understand what is causing this bizarre series of events. There's also the added painstaking nature of these segments, showing us a glimpse of a happier time in Adam's life, before we are jolted back to the present where things are far more bleak. Given the slow burn nature of the film, Graham here also excels in his pacing of the film's hauntings and eventual scares. Fully capturing the film's intended folk horror angle, the oddities Adam encounters begin slowly enough. Initially, he has a recurring nightmare of him being drawn to a flame off in the distance of the woods, as strange chanting-like whispers can be heard in the distance. The following evening, however, he hears footsteps in his cabin, and then he begins receiving uninvited visitors. Sater's scares build in such a way that by the time the film's overtly haunting occurrences begin, the film is unrelenting in piling them onto Adam, and the viewer. Despite its slow nature, Sater's worldbuilding held my attention long before it explodes into full-on folk horror. Graham spends so much time making the viewer uncomfortable, whether it's the static but vibrant wilderness setting, his use of natural light within Adam's cabin, or artificial light during a night walk through the wilderness, so to say I was constantly unsettled would be quite an understatement. And this is the best compliment I can give to a slow burn horror film, given that the slow element of its narrative never bored me. I never grew tired of waiting for the big reveal or answers to the various ambiguous elements of the film that are presented because I was far too caught up in the setting, anxiously scanning, drawing wilderness shots for a figure to appear, or for Adam to turn a corner in his cabin and finally see the source of the footsteps he hears in the middle of the night. The craftsmanship of these many moments being more remarkable than they ought to be, 
given their lending to the film's overall unsettling and haunting nature. Seder is an anguish-soaked horror film that manages to apply this unique folk lens and apply it to family trauma that fuels its gut-punch ending. For fans of films such as Hereditary or It Comes at Night, I would definitely recommend checking out Seder when it comes to video-on-demand services on February 9th. And that'll do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit, and I'll see you guys tomorrow for another Daily Horror Movie Review. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service, and follow the show on Instagram at Daily Horror Habit, and on Twitter at Daily Horror Pod for episode updates. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.